This is Kingpins, a podcast original. I'm Alastair. And I'm Kate. Every day in May, we're featuring a quote by an iconic crime figure, teaching us, in their own words, what it takes to survive in the underworld. Today's quote is from none other than the beloved Italian-American crooner, Frank Sinatra. Throughout his life, Sinatra remained friends with many prominent gangsters, including Charles Lucky Luciano and Sam Giancana. He also counted John F. Kennedy among his pals and is suspected of using his mafia connections to give the president a leg up in the 1960 election. But despite having chums in both the mob and the White House, Sinatra is often quoted as saying, I'd rather be a Don for the mafia than president of the United States. Don, of course, refers to a boss in the Italian mafia. It was the term for the highest ranking member of a crime family. As son of Italian immigrants in Hoboken, New Jersey, Sinatra had plenty of opportunity to witness the sort of influence a Don could wield. Hoboken was under the jurisdiction of what we now know as the Genovese crime family, of whom underboss Willie Moretti was a member. Moretti has been referred to as Sinatra's godfather by some, and Frank's father, Anthony Sinatra, worked as a lookout for a bootlegging operation while also running his own Prohibition-era bar. Sinatra's interest in singing began because bar patrons, including local mob members, would pop him a dime to sing along with their player piano. These connections followed Sinatra into his career, and supposedly, he wasn't afraid to call in a favor from one of his tough guy friends. One story recounts that in 1942, the crooner needed out of a contract with bandleader Tommy Dorsey. He allegedly got some unsavory help, and Willie Moretti came to the rescue. Dorsey reportedly said of the event, Willie fingered a gun and told me he was glad to hear I was letting Frank out of our deal. I took the hint. By 1947, Frank's ongoing connection to the mob was undeniable. Around that time, it's said that he provided entertainment for the Havana Conference in Cuba. This was a landmark meeting of the minds between the dons of the Mafia at the close of 1946, during which they discussed their business operations. Allegedly, Sinatra was the special guest of the conference's organizer, notorious mobster and father of U.S. organized crime, Lucky Luciano. Sinatra was again in Cuba in February 1947. He flew to the island on the same plane as the Fischetti brothers, cousins of Al Capone, and he was photographed as he disembarked, carrying a single briefcase. The press quickly spread rumors that the case held $2 million that Sinatra had smuggled in for his mafia pals. But for the rest of his life, Old Blue Eyes maintained that the case held art supplies. Paints or no paints, the FBI paid closer attention to Sinatra's whereabouts, trying to decipher his connection to the mob. 
Of special note was the singer's friendship with gangsters like Luciano, Bugsy Siegel, and eventually Sam Giancana. Giancana, of course, would go on to become head of the Chicago mob. He and Sinatra were often seen hanging out on golf courses, at nightclubs, and over casino tables in Vegas. But Giancana wasn't the only figurehead Sinatra called friend. By the late 50s, he had formed a bond with future president John F. Kennedy. As fellow partygoers and womanizers, the pair had plenty in common, with Sinatra playing an avid role in Kennedy's election. He even reworked his own tune, High Hopes, as the campaign anthem. This emboldened JFK's father, Joseph Kennedy, to make yet another request of the singer. Joseph wondered if Sinatra might make a few calls to Sam Giancana and his other mob buddies, asking them to influence their worker unions in Illinois and West Virginia to vote for Kennedy. Sinatra reportedly obliged. Kennedy won the 1960 election, but Sinatra's friendship with the president wouldn't last. JFK's brother, Robert Kennedy, was soon promoted to U.S. Attorney General. Robert immediately led a smackdown on mob figures, including Giancana, the very man Sinatra had recruited to secure union votes. Allegedly, there was talk of a hit on Sinatra and his Rat Pack pals for not making the initial deal more airtight. But, of course, this never happened. And by all appearances, there was no distinguishable fallout between Sinatra and the mob. Meanwhile, Frank would have preferred to remain friends with Kennedy, but JFK was dissuaded by his brother from associating with a friend of the mafia. The rift between the singer and the president became clear in March of 1962, as Sinatra prepared to host Kennedy at his home in Palm Springs. The trip had long since been arranged, but at the very last minute, Kennedy changed his accommodations. Instead of Frank's house, he stayed at the home of another famous crooner, Bing Crosby. Sinatra was furious, but more so, he was heartbroken. And when Kennedy was assassinated a year later, the singer holed up in his room in Palm Springs. Photos show him sitting on a bed, watching his old friend's funeral. His brief acquaintance with the White House was over, but Sinatra would remain pals with the mob for the rest of his life. In the end, he knew who his true friends were. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another quote. You can find more episodes of Kingpins for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts.